Welcome to We Be Watching, where we break down our favorite and sometimes not so favorite films and TV shows. I'm Brittany Danielle, writer, pop cultural critic, and damn, I want to be a Dora Milaje. <laughs> and I'm Raja, uh, comic book enthusiast and film and TV connoisseur, and uh, a lot to unpack in a little bit of time. So let's get to it. Today, we are here to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Season 1, Episode 4. But before we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other stuff we've been watching. Uh, But remember, when we do get to the Falcon and Winter Soldier, all spoiler all the time. We're going to be talking about everything that's happened so far this season. So if you're not caught up on the episode, put a pause on this podcast, then come back and join us after you finish. If you want to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, we're talking about TV, we're talking about movies, all kind of stuff over there. Follow us at We Be Watching Pod. And if you have questions, comments, you want to suggest other things we should be checking out next, hit us up at Gmail at We Be Watching Pod at gmail.com. Once again, no matter what platform you're listening on, we appreciate you. But if you are on Apple, please go ahead and give us a good five star review and drop a comment. You can ask a question. You can just give some kind words. You can say anything in those comments, uh, but hit us with that five star first. All right. Before we get into Falcon and Winter Soldier, Raja, what are some other things you have been watching this week? Well, let's see. I checked out Concrete Cowboy with Idris Elba. And also Thunder Force, but I'm going to focus on Concrete Cowboy, which I thought was actually being a, it's a, I wouldn't say a biography, but it does depict real life events. Based on a true story. So, you know, we have a story that's based out of uh, North Philly with basically people who, you know, they ride horses, uh, they have a well, several stables in that area. And this is particularly the Fletcher Street Riders uh, story. And it's actually, it's, it's really good. It's it's very uh, emotional. Um, a lot of things happen. And I, yeah, I would actually like, you got to check it out. You definitely have to check it out. There's a lot of things in it that, you know, are kind of indicative of some of the things that we go through, you know, in life. Um, just as a whole. So it kind of represents that. But in that context and in that area of specific key people of the of Fletcher Street, basically. So, you know, it's, it's a good story. Check it out. I haven't seen it. But to my understanding, Caleb, who stars in Stranger Things, he basically gets dropped off at his father's house and his dad is a concrete cowboy. And so that's, right. you know, just kind of follows their particular story of reconnecting his father and son plus all of the other stuff that you know was going on in north philly which is not uh, which is which can be a very difficult neighborhood if you've ever been there but yeah i'm definitely interested in watching it i haven't seen it yet but what i've been watching so many things right i watched sea spiracy documentary which tries to take a look at what is causing all of the, like, basically how all these different industries and people and fishing and plastics, like how we are destroying the oceans. So, you know, I was a bit alarmed after watching it because if we do destroy the ocean, that's it for all of us. Watch it if you're into documentaries. Uh, We've also, Raja and I also have been watching Invincible, which is another (laughs) superhero show, but this time it's animated. Yes, sir. It's based on a comic book series that was also written by 
the same person who wrote the Walking Dead comic books. And so, you know, um, Invincible, I didn't go in knowing anything about it. Like, I didn't know, you know, what I was going to be in for. And when you first start watching it, it seems very like, oh, this is a comic book story for children, maybe. And by the the end of the first episode, you realize like it's, it's absolutely not a comic book story for children. Right. It's not quite on the level of the boys violence and depravity (laughs) as the boys is, but it is very violent, but it also has like a really dope voice cast like JK Simmons, Sandra Oh, Mahershala Ali, is voicing a couple of characters, the two cloned brothers in this in this uh, show. So if you're into, you know, dark superhero stories, I should say, and you don't mind animation, you should definitely check out um, Invincible over on Amazon Prime. And um, Concrete Cowboys, by the way, is on Netflix. Uh, Invincible is definitely a mirror of some DC comic book characters as well, so... Yeah, I was listening to another podcast, shout out to the Ringerverse podcast, and they were covering the first three episodes and they called the, I guess they're called the Global Gladiators, but they kept calling them Dollar Store Justice League. Right. So that kind of stuck in my mind. So everybody has like a a DC analog, kind of the same with the boys though. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the characters in the boys have flashes of both DC and Marvel in them really. So I'm excited for the boys to come back. I'm excited to finish the rest of Invincible. FYI, Godfather of Harlem comes back this week on April 14th. So we'll be we'll be locked and loaded for that as well. But I think it's time, right? It's time to get into our conversation about Falcon 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 Jamal Warner. Falcon about- Jamal Warner. About Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This episode is titled The Whole World is Watching. Um, it was directed, like all of the episodes, by Carrie Scoglin. And this is the second episode so far written by Derek Colstead, which, again, he is the person who gave us the John Wick John universe. Wick. All right. What were your first impressions of this episode before we, you know, really get into the nitty gritty? And once again, people, spoilers await. So if you haven't seen it, Go back and watch it and then come back and join us. Raja, what was your first impression? Let's see. I thought this episode actually, it was it was a very slow, drawn out episode, actually, being that we start. There's a lot of dialogue going on, although, you know, Marvel is more action and this and that. Uh, the dialogue in this, it was definitely drawn out. There was definitely more uh, insights to people's perspectives, per se, and... You know, uh, I thought it was it was a good turn, but I needed a little bit more to occur outside of the end or whatever. But I needed a little bit more to occur within the meat, you know, of the of the of the show. So those those are my first thoughts. Okay, Uh, my first thought was, again, they're doing all this work to tell me that the Flag Smashers are evil (laughs) And are the big bad. But I think by the end of this episode, we know what the big bad is in this particular world. Um, Zemo constantly talks about it's the serum. It's the serum. The serum gives people a false sense of supremacy. And his whole thing is nobody should be um, a superhero. Nobody should be juiced with the super serum because inevitably it just terms them bad to his in his opinion um we have examples where that's not necessarily the case you know they throw out steve rogers and um 
even Sam was like, what about Bucky? And, you know, Bucky was bad for, for decades. And now, and now he's quote unquote good. But I think everybody has a point. And I guess, you know, the villain in this series, if there is one, is this particular, you know, power, power hungry. We have this thing about the power broker who we're still not sure who that is. But I thought this episode was okay. Obviously, my favorite part is when the Doros pulled up, the Dora Milaje pulled up and just kicked everybody's ass and then bounced. I didn't quite like how the writing made them seem uh, not observant enough because in that scene, Zemo gets away. But, you know, it, it was it was entertaining. And I still have a lot of questions about the series. And I I overall enjoyed the episode. I did, you know, in the second rewatch, I was just like, ooh, it wasn't as entertaining. <laughs> so again, I don't know if I'm, I think I said it at the conclusion of WandaVision, like, I don't know if this is a series that I'll watch again and again, but we'll we'll see how it wraps up. Everybody says episode five is supposed to be really crazy and, and, and will do a lot of work to tie some of these disparate storylines together. So we'll see. So what were some of the moments, I guess, that stood out to you in this episode? The Dora Milaje pulling up. The fast track deterioration of John Walker definitely was a theme. This episode was actually, a, it was more serious than previous episodes, being that you have Sam trying to talk to Carly. Um, you have uh, John Walker, basically like he, he's just losing it. You have the door Milaje, you have the beginning, uh, you know, showing how Bucky, you know, was being helped by the door Milaje. Um, with her, with uh, A.O. A.O. specifically. Right. So it was definitely, you know, a, a more intimate setting, I should say, an intimate interaction between I.O. and Bucky, you know. And there was a lot of intimate moments within the whole series, actually, with Baron Zemo speaking his crap about, <laughs> you know, super soldiers and the inherent path of of power and uh, supremacy and basically comparing the Avengers, Ultron and the Nazis pretty much all in lumping them all together, which we of course know that is totally different scenarios. So yeah, those things definitely caught my eye, but the Dormelage, you know, coming in, I was like, okay, they got eight hours. They gave Bucky eight hours and that's it. You know? So once that occurred, you have them busting in of course, John Walker, stupid, don't really know who they are like that, you know, saying like they don't have jurisdiction. And of course, they're like, our jurisdiction is whatever we find ourselves. I have a question about that. So there's no like training that goes on. Like, hey, here are all the players like you, he doesn't get caught up on like <laughs> all of the factions like these are i know that they weren't avengers but the dora were integral like okoye she okoye and io were both you know on the battle lines against thanos including all of wakanda so like he doesn't how does he not know who they are though well he <laughs> he's john walker like not everybody knows the intimate details of wakanda but I'm saying they don't get a briefing. Like they just threw this man out here with the shield and was like, go for what you know, bro. But they didn't give him like a briefing about, okay, here are all the different 
places that are important. Wakanda is not just some random place. Well, I know like, he, he would know of Wakanda, but the intimate details of T'Chaka's like personal guard and this and that, like he's not going to think, nor would anyone else think like, yeah, these are like some extreme, you know, fighters and this and that, because they, they don't know the customs that go into all of that. You know, only a select few like Bucky would know because he's actually been there and dealt with them. You know, Sam would know because he was an Avenger and they kind of had an alliance, I guess you can say, with them once they knew, you know, Black Panther was a thing. But outside of that, it's just, yeah, Wakanda is a, you know, nation um, who has vibranium, but all the intimate details, they probably wouldn't even know all the specific um, tribes, you know, and their interactions together, you know, when it comes to Wakanda and this and that. So I wouldn't expect him to really. No, on top of the fact that it's not as if he was trying to be an aggressive person towards them. It's just he was just out of place, basically. And that's kind of what got him, you know, got him caught up, basically. He was out of place, but he was also trying to flex like, hey, I'm Captain America. Like, nobody he cares. He was trying to bro. introduce himself, but I wouldn't call that nobody flexing. Nobody cares. It's just he, you know, the gesture towards them is just like, nah, bro, this is disrespect. Bop, 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 bop you know, on right. a wild fight, you know, <laughs> so you should have just backed off because they were there for one purpose and one purpose only. It was more of a one track minded situation for them. We're here for Baron Zemo. We don't care. Like she told Bucky, you only got eight hours and we're coming for Zemo. So damn, whoever is, you know, in the way, even you, Bucky, as we saw with his arm, with the, uh, five fingers of death to the arm and it falls off. And that was it. That was their mission, you know? So anything else can get it basically. And that's what happened. Yeah. Um, in this moment though, like unless Zemo has, I don't think, I think Zemo is like out of information. He doesn't know who the power broker is. He doesn't know where more, more serum is. Like, I feel like, he likely used up his usefulness because they met with Carly and all this. Oh, jazz. Yeah. That's why he was bounced out. I, I know why John Walker wasn't going to let them just take him, but they could have just been like, bro, we're coming to collect him because he killed our king. Let's bounce. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the whole hesitancy was about not turning him over in that moment. Other than John Walker being like, Oh, you don't have jurisdiction here, which yeah, I don't know how he, I don't know how he feels like he has jurisdiction, but because right, Captain bro. America per se. And you know, doesn't the mean world anything police. to the world, <laughs> to the world, the world police of America, I guess you can say. And he's a government agent. Sounds quite white in my opinion, but that's how it works in the real world too. You know? Yeah. Well, he got fucked up too, but, um, <laughs> what are we <laughs> extremely, <laughs> I think this whole episode was just, uh, aside from the whole Carly bit, I think this was more a John Walker episode. And we see how he quickly, as you mentioned, deteriorates, right? He already looks, he's already aggravated from the moment we see him. He's already upset. He has to deal with this. Right. He's already mad that Sam and Bucky are quote unquote going rogue and getting in his way. He's and been failing this whole time. He has. And so he has a lot of pressure, I'm assuming, as the new, quote, Captain America, and he's not he's not performing. And so he's feeling very inadequate throughout right. this episode. And so we see how that leads us to that final scene where, you know, 
after he gets his ass whipped by Ao and the Doras, he's just like, "Wow, they weren't even super. They they weren't even super soldiers. They don't even have super serum, and I got handled by these women um, quite easily who could have killed him. And in retrospect, probably should have, but whatever. They could have easily killed him and everybody except probably Bucky, but they could have killed him too after uh, Ao disarmed him." <laughs> Literally, Literally. <laughs> disarmed him, um, which is a big conversation happening on Twitter. Actually, people are like, "Oh, it's really sad that they didn't trust him enough to nah. to keep his arm." I'm like, Bucky it's was a sad. literal assassin for for like decades. You know, a brainwashed assassin, and they helped unbrainwash him. But like, you're not from Wakanda. You spent some time here. But you ain't from here, bro. And so we don't completely trust you. And also, we gave you this arm. This arm is a literal weapon. It's not just a regular old prosthetic arm. Like, she could have she could have destroyed it. She didn't destroy it. She just took, bop, 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 fell off, caught him off guard. He stopped fighting. And she was turning her attention elsewhere in that moment. And people were like, oh, a lot of... um Whatever. I won't do that. People <laughs> on Twitter are engaged... Uh, in a conversation about yeah how sad it is that they don't trust Bucky. Bucky's done all this work anyway to be deprogrammed and I'm like he's still he's on a razor's edge at the beginning of this season. Well for me that would be the wrong focus when it comes to oh well they don't trust him. It's not the fact that they just don't trust him Um, there could also be other things to where oh if the arm gets damaged you can take it off and repair it um, if they right. need to repair it, it what, you know, anything. Exactly. So, you know, there there has to be some type of, um, I should say, fail safe in order to accommodate any type of disastrous outcome, I guess, I guess you can say, with the arm itself. And plus, Ao was the one who was, as we saw, I guess, at the beginning of this episode, she was the one helping him to get right. deprogrammed. So let, let us not forget that Bucky betrayed them. He betrayed Wakanda by breaking out Zemo, talking about means to an end, means to an end. But like we, like you say, and everybody says, uh, what is it? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, I wouldn't actually categorize it as a betrayal, though. I would, because he broke him out of jail. And now Zemo's in the wind. All of this, you know, we needed his help and all of this jazz. Which really did they need Zemo's help? Before we got on, you were talking about how Gmo, Gmo, how Benzino was like, how Zemo was like capping everybody. He capped the doctor. He capped Carly. She didn't (laughs) die, but he came in guns a blazing. He filled her like full of all the lead, bro. And so, like, sure, they needed him for the whole Madripoor bit, but after that, you know, in order to track, because as we saw, like, no one was talking to Sam or Bucky as they shouldn't. And of course, Zemo with his master manipulating mind, he took they the came avenue in like the of, police. Well, of course, I mean, you know, Sam, um, do you know, do even you if know they this didn't, woman? Like, what? <laughs> even if they didn't, it's not as if those people, they know who Falcon and, and Bucky are, first of all. So they're not going to talk to them because they feel that they're a part of the establishment per se, that's oppressing them, which I have another question is like, this is what four months I think four or five months after everyone comes back, how did things just deteriorate so fast? That's what I I don't understand. Because it's weird being that we see in Spider-Man, everyone gets blipped back. That wasn't going on where they were at. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure that wasn't going on in other parts of the world. It's just in this part of the world, we see like, oh, well, the GRC, people getting kicked out of their homes, per se, is what Carly said. They kicked us out yeah. in the streets. It's like, how did that just happen to you? You know what I'm saying? These people well, get maybe- blipped back, don't even know what's going on. And then they just like, yo, we just going to get out of here. You know, and then even when Sam approaches the guy and he's like, oh, you know, you're refugees. And he's like, we're not refugees. And then he has this, you know, politically correct term that he uses. No, <laughs> it's, not, like, it's not politically correct. It's just like we're not refugees because they didn't seek refuge. They were still here. They're displaced persons who got, for whatever reason, pushed out of the life that they had built over those last five years to stay alive when they, you know, came together with those people who were left to build communities. And then they got pushed out of those communities. That's what I'm saying. By who? Like, how does that Gover- occur? Obviously, government. No, but I'm because- saying, being that governments were like skeletons of themselves. So all these people come back, and you mean to tell me four months, which is not a lot of time at all, four months. You have a whole five years well, of we rebuilding I'm people not- coming together. Four months can just basically get people kicked out on the streets automatically without anyone like, yo, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, who decided this? Who came in? Are we 100% certain? See, this is the other thing. Like, are we 100% certain about the time frame so far? Like, Yeah, know- this, is, this is four months. It's like four to five months after the blip. WandaVision was two, two weeks, and none of them were displaced. They were just at, at West uh, View or whatever. Well, they were trapped, so they couldn't be displaced. So. Well, I'm just saying, like, for those two weeks after or two weeks prior to Wanda being there, we saw how the town was like, it was like, it looked really very disheveled, I should say, but no one was displaced or anything like that. It was just like, there was no one here really. So of course, industry stops, you know, you you have to basically, you know, do what you can. So in four months was a, a very short, I would say maybe after eight months, eight to 12 months, then that kind of stuff would occur. But after four months, that seems kind of quick for just the whole world to just deteriorate after a five-year uh, situation where everyone is coming together. You mean to tell me so when people come back, they just can just bully your ass? I don't, I don't, I don't buy that aspect of it, but whatever. I think this is one of those things where having so many projects and, and movies and shows now dealing with this particular post-blip timeline, like if you try to line them all up, it makes things a little complicated, like you said, because in WandaVision, we don't see these people being automatically displaced. We do see Westview being very shabby <laughs> before she, uh, before Wanda does what she does. But, you know, I get, I guess in other parts of the world, not just this particular country, because um, in the news report about Carly bombing, the GRC building is like, oh, now these governments are making it more strict, like doing more border control type situations. But also it sounds like, you know, like the UN, like a kind of like multi-governmental or multi-nation partnership situation. I'm not sure, but that's what it sounds like to me. But also in that same report, it's like, oh, but the movement is growing around the world. So we're meant to know that it's not just happening in this particular in this one particular place, but this movement is happening all over the world. So, you know, for this show, we're in Latvia, basically. But let's go back to John Walker a bit. Like, what do you make of his rapid 
decline. And what do you think this last scene of him perhaps decapitating this person who was like surrendered, basically, what do you think that's going to mean for the next two episodes and even, you know, the the standing of Captain America after this? Well, for John Walker, it's (laughs) I don't know if they're going to have like the PR person that they had for Homelander. Cause that's what they're going to need to kind of, you know, clear this up, wrap this up. Or I don't even know if the U S government is going to just be like, we just disown him, you know, which will even cause him to just fall even more, you know, being that the military and the U S is like his, that's him. Basically he's trying to be the embodiment of that. Um, or if they're going to be like, well, the person was a terrorist, you know, and well, let me talk about this aspect of it. So leading up to all of this, we see how, okay, there's these subtle things that occurred with John Walker along the way, right? Subtle things that showed, okay, he does have this side to him. Battlestar dies, right? Which And ba- and Battlestar functions as like a voice you know, of I know he was always and, hating uh, on my Yes, he was always like his conscience. Like, I know you were always hating on my guy, but Battlestar was always like trying to remind John Walker of the other side. Like, even when, you know, Sam was like, oh, let me go talk to Carly. John Walker is like, no, no, no. You're going to send your partner in. And Bucky's like, first of all, not my partner. Second of all, he's been through worse Worse. things than talking to this person. And Battlestar is like, yo, John, just let him talk. If he if he can talk her down, like, let her try it. And John is, like, anti the whole time. He's looking nervous. He looks like he's on drugs to me, but he's not <laughs> at that moment on anything that we know of. But he's, like, agitated. He's, like, talking to himself in a weird way. Like, bro, you seem unstable, my right. friend. Right, right. And that's what we saw leading up to this point to where there was this slow deterioration, I should say. And once Lamar gets broke down, basically, and killed, then he just ultimately snaps. So my thing is, okay, is it him snapping because of his best friend dying in front of him, which would be a totally different set of circumstances and reasoning for him to snap, which would probably make anybody snap. You see what I'm saying? That would be a reaction from anybody. If Bucky was the one to go down, I'm pretty sure Sam would have snapped. If Sam went down, Bucky would have snapped. I don't see Sam decapitating somebody. Though. Well, I'm like just Sam. saying, like, it, being that Sam is, you know, he's probably not predispositioned for a heinous act, but I'm pretty sure he would do something and it would take him to the edge. My point is snapping, right? Anybody would snap in a situation like this, as opposed to, well, okay, we've laid out this whole little path of John being, you know, just mentally getting crushed with all these defeats. But then now we're just going to kill Battlestar, which throws him over the edge, which would have thrown him over the edge if it would have happened regardless. So all these other things that we've seen with John Walker, all of that could have been skipped. Battlestar could have died the last episode and the snap or John Walker snapping or the slow deterioration, I should say, really doesn't mean anything at this point because his best friend literally just got killed in front of him. 
it kind of sidelines the slow deterioration as opposed to this this one immediate huge act with his best friend dying. It's just a weird, I should say, way to put him over the edge per se, being that that would have just done the ultimate put you over the edge regardless of anything else. So it just was weird to me that we get that in the fourth episode as opposed to earlier on, you know, if they're really, you know, they're pushing that, okay, he's going to go wild, kill Battlestar off or have this big thing occur earlier than, than the fourth episode, because now we have like, then what? Now you have two episodes of him just going off the rails, or would you want to have three episodes where you can see, okay, how that affects him with his friend dying and how more down the the path he goes. Yeah. And we get the sense that uh, in the conversation kind of right before this Battlestar and John are talking about what they had to do to get these medals of honor in Afghanistan. Right. And they, they hint at some, you know, possible Crazy war shit. crimes, right? <laughs> some possible uh, bad, bad battles that they may have, I don't know. I don't know. Overreacted, had to kill some folks, maybe had to had to kill some civilians or whatever. And so so they're part of the military industrial complex, basically, as tools, you know, so. Yeah. So it's like something in them or something in John specifically is still not clean. And you saw that before with him pushing people and being like, do you know who I am? And then kind of overreacting when they're like, no, we don't care who you are. You just got on this suit. Um, (laughs) And just kind of, you know, he's constantly trying to prove himself and constantly trying to prove to other people that they should like look up to him, fear him, respect him because he's quote Captain America. Meanwhile, he's not take Steve out of it. Like he's not even a competent Captain America, right? Like he's not even a competent hero. Right. Like if we were to view him as, okay, he is somebody that has the potential to grow into that role And all of these things being that, you know, he had all the medals, all the accolades, he's, you know, peak human performance and all of these other things. And then slowly his mind deteriorates, I guess you can say, after being fine in the military for all this time. You know, it just it's just that aspect of it. Once you put it into context of his best friend dying, like none of that makes sense at this point. They could have easily just had his best friend die or one of his, you know, family members die, which is what happens, you know, in the comic books or whatever. But have his best friend die earlier on, which just fat, which would be the catalyst of his mental state just totally breaking down instead of this slow progression is like, eh, is he that bad or isn't he? Because the things that he was doing wasn't ridiculously, you know, outrageous up until this point and up until this point. Battlestar was alive. So it kind of negates all those little things like, oh, yeah, he pushed a guy, you know, and yelled at him. Okay, he lost a few fights. He was he was very contemplating like his whole role in existence. But then now you have this big thing happen. And it's just like, of course, he's going to, you know, go ape shit. Of course. Well, again, uh, shout out to the Ringerverse. Um, Like I think like Van Lathan said, like, okay, when it's sort of like a trope, right? Like in any 
sort of film or TV show, if you have two people who are, you know, partners or buddies and one person might be the more calm and reasonable right. one, the other person might be the tougher, you know, take take no shit one, but they kind of balance each other and the more reasonable, calm one um, inevitably gets killed always in these situations. <laughs> like they all, they always get killed and that kind of propels the other one to either kind of just change their way and try to be more like the person that got killed or, you know, or to go off the deep end. And they could have switched that around. It's like, you don't have a conscience anymore. Like Battlestar, you know, for all the hate you was giving me about my guy, Battlestar for, to some degree was still keeping John Walker grounded in this world and, you know, still trying to be the voice of reason. Cause I don't think he would have wanted, um, I don't think he would have wanted Battlestar to see him just completely act a fool because then, you know, his friend would be disappointed and they yeah. have been through all of these things. And so he wouldn't want to be that person to Battlestar. Cause even when they're having that conversation about, Oh, would you take the serum? Battlestar's point. He is said, like, yeah. he, he said, yes, but it was like, we could have saved so many more people. Right. And so John Walker is taking the serum because he doesn't feel powerful enough. Right, right. The so they have, they have, different. yeah, the motivations are completely different. And so Battlestar is more, you know, simpatico with Sam and Bucky. Um, he's he's the one trying to tell John, like, give them a chance, let them let them try it. And then John is just like, no. It's like an inevitable end. Basically, you put somebody in a position yeah. that doesn't have the skill set, you know to the degree that Steve Rogers did being that Steve Rogers does did have super soldier serum. And this guy has been through all these things in the military and all these acts that he's had to do and take these orders and this and that, and then throw him into the suit of being captain America. It's inevitable that he's not going to be able to fill those shoes and he's going to have a mental breakdown where with Steve Rogers, he didn't have any military experience he just had the will to fight and continue on and, you know, do good. And then he became a super soldier. So he had all those qualities prior to with no, you know, military experience at all. Even when he got the super soldier serum, he didn't have military experience. Well, I guess that goes into Zemo's argument, although I think his argument is also flawed. Like, oh, whoever gets this serum yeah, is like yeah. going to gonna be bad. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily the case because, you know, we have. And this is another thing that I'm concerned about. But you have other people who had the serum. They're not all bad. I think it does maybe enhance whatever issue you were already having. Like if you were already a little bit bad, you're going to get better, right? Like if, <laughs> if you had good intentions, like just say, for instance, if Sam took it, which he said he would never do. But if he took it, he wouldn't go John Walker. Right. He'd right. probably be more on the on the Steve Rogers side of town because that's not who he is as a person. Right. right? And that's it just it just right. enhances your personality. And that's the caveat where I guess you could say the you separate the man from the shield. You know, the shield doesn't mean shit unless the man himself is able to wield it in a way that is responsible. And that's what right. Steve Rogers saw in Sam, that he is definitely a responsible person. And he's not gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like so even without super soldier serum or with it, he's not going to abuse the power that he has. Right. So, 
Right. And I still think, you know, I've, I've been asking for a couple of episodes now, like, why do we need a Captain America? And I think, like you mentioned, they're going to have a PR nightmare um, because we <laughs> we've seen now John Walker going rogue and everybody. The name of the episode is The World is Watching. So everybody is recording him kill this person in broad daylight. And that is going to inevitably have an effect on what being Captain America or having a Captain America even means if it's even necessary. Um, now John Walker has the serum and I know that Falcon knows that he has it because right. he just straight up bent that pole, yeah. that pipe. And then he Busted was like, what bricks. did you do? Yeah. He was like, what did you do? And they didn't, you know, they weren't able to have a conversation about it, but by the end, clearly they, they know he took the serum. Right. And so I don't know. It's just a lot of quote bad guys in play. Now we're still supposed to be against the flag smashers for the record. I'm not clearly we're supposed to be against John Walker. Cause I don't think there's any coming back from this. Um, <laughs> and then there's still this bit about the power broker, which more and more I do think is Sharon, but who, who do you think the power broker might be? I don't think it's Sharon. I think Sharon knows who, of course who the power broker is because she, um, you know, resides in magic war and deals with all kind of people. Um, so, but the power broker is probably going to be a, uh, what's the term? Not somebody who you would think is, but more so somebody who is like, who actually is in a seat of power, you know, not just somebody, some rogue person that's just getting serum or grabbing scientists, you know, it's probably some government person or faction of a government that uh, has commissioned that because several different countries are, were trying to get or create super soldier serum outside of the United States. So it would be reasonable for the power broker to be working for, you know, a specific government or agency or something of, of that, something like that, basically. Right. Right. Well, I guess we'll see, or maybe we won't like we, <laughs> we were theorizing about, a lot of things for WandaVision that didn't come to fruition. So I hope we Ugh. do get to see who the power broker is, but I'm not holding my breath. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't Sharon because she seems to know that the power broker, quote unquote, went ape shit after, right. you know, the serum was destroyed or whatever she said um i'm like how does she know this but you know it's clear that she has some inside information sharon's gonna sharon <laughs> sharon's gonna sharon do you think this episode i know that at the end of the series we're speculating that sam will finally take the shield do you think this moves him closer to that probably <laughs> yeah because now you have this you do you think he'll even want it like I guess now it's like, okay, this man done messed up the legacy. Maybe that's what will push. It'll be like, like Like, by default. Now you have to take it basically, which is going to be a very cheap way. Not, not by default, but like maybe he, you know, like, okay, John Walker, they both already knew he was, he wasn't fit to be captain America. And now we see that he killed this person and it's going to be on social media and news all around the world that he killed this person in broad daylight. And so, I'm thinking the mantle of Captain America is going to be in a PR crisis and Sam is going to be like the only one who can restore the dignity and the like what it gravitas to the role of Captain America. I guess. Um, 
because they know he's a good person or something like that. Like maybe that's where it'll come in. But yeah, we need to get back to Isaiah because uh, that's what I want to explore. Do you think Zemo is going over there to, to off Isaiah? Because his whole scene, his I don't whole know thing if he, is. Well, he probably knew, but he may not know that he's still alive. He knows because when they were on the plane and Bucky was looking at that whole, Bucky was, uh, he grabbed Bucky's notebook magically and was looking at his list of people to make amends. And then they were talking about Isaiah. Um, he, 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 he can figure out that he's still alive. So do you think that he would try to kill Isaiah? Even though Isaiah is just minding his business, he's not doing nothing with the serum. He don't want to do, won't have nothing to do with these people. But Zemo's whole thing is all these people must be eradicated. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, so I do you think know. he would try to get rid of, that would be. It would be a weird turn because it's not as if, you know, we saw Isaiah one time. They we really didn't get like a, a huge explanation or anything to explore when it came to his actual role as a test subject with the super soldier serum or what he really went through. Like that has not been laid out um, like it was in the actual book. So we, you know, that would be a lot to unpack first. And then if Zemo just comes along, you know, trying to kill him, it's just like, okay, uh, for what bro? Like, right. he ain't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you go by his right. track record, then, you know, he, he busted Bucky up while Bucky was basically an assassin. So that would have been a good thing. I think the reason or one reason Zemo may consider getting rid of Isaiah is because his blood is the one that they're using or used to make the rest of this rogue serum from. And I would imagine, you know, he wants to, he doesn't want any more super soldiers out there and this person has the blood. But I think that, opens up another can of worms because we know that there are other super soldiers via the Flag Smashers. Right. So like literally any any of their bloods, maybe Isaiah is the more stable one since he's been living for so long and, you know. Which they actually like chilling. aged him up. <laughs> the uh, The actor that plays Isaiah, they really aged him up. Yeah. So I don't know. I could see something there, but with only two episodes left, I don't, again, <laughs> they've opened a lot of doors that they've gone away from. Like right. they keep, they keep mentioning Isaiah. So we don't forget that he's out there. Um, in this episode, there's a phone call between Carly and Sam's sister. So we don't forget she's out there. Right. Um, we've completely gone away from making amends to the Asian gentleman that we saw in the first episode. We've gone <laughs> right. away from Bucky. So like Bucky don't have court mandated therapy no more. Cause he's just nah. out in the world gallivating. He's just out and about. Not at all. That's what, uh, when he got put in jail and John Walker came in and basically, you know, got him out. He was, he told the lady like, yeah, none of that occurs anymore or whatever. So he's with me basically. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these doors that they opened in the first and second episodes, they need to be closed. And so yeah. we have less than two hours probably to, to close them. I don't see them extending episode five and six past an hour. We thought right. that was going to be the case. Like for WandaVision <laughs> didn't happen. So, you know, we're probably going to stick to the same 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, 
and a lot has to happen. So I know you're out of the prediction business, but what would be, what do you hope to see next episode? They're going to have to address John Walker decapitating, oh boy, um, which is not just him, but the mantle of Captain America as well. So, because right. the shield, you know, they have that last scene where the bloody they're looking shield. up and the shield is like <laughs> covered in blood, like yeah. super and, soldier blood, too. Yeah, yeah and so, right. Somebody, somebody, somebody gonna come and lick, lick it up and turn into a super soldier. Yum, 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 yum. Give me some of that, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is this is like. The whole scene with John Walker, this is like a police killing, right? <laughs> it's worse than that. It, no, no, but I'm saying it's like all of these police killings that we've all witnessed. Like people have their cameras out. You see somebody. Well, yeah, yeah, right, right. By, by a quote, law enforcement person. And this is like world police. So <laughs> I, I'm curious to see how, how that sorts itself out. But go ahead. America. Fuck yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I need them to that to be addressed, which of course it will. Uh, I need to see Isaiah again because I don't want to see him in the last episode. I want to see him in the next episode and them explore that some kind of way. Um, you know, whether the government's going to basically send people to take John Walker down or they say come in and he's just like, nope, I'm a super soldier. So anybody that comes after me, I'm, you know, everybody getting it, these hands or something. Uh, so that's going to have to be addressed. Um, and yes, I do want to see some Isaiah interaction. Um, I need Sam to really embrace whatever it is he's going to embrace at this point, because you just witnessed this fool chop somebody's head off. So, you know, um, Baron Zemo is in the win. You know, he pulled the El Chapo as they, <laughs> uh, as they summed it up. And I know he's going to pop up. I just don't know where he's going to pop up. Uh, but yeah, I need to see some definite addressing the whole Captain America, just the whole thing. Sam, Sam's role in all of that. Isaiah, um, I know there's going to be more shit hitting the fan with the power broker and Carly. So I definitely want to see some more. I want to see some more action actually in this episode, being that this past episode was, you know, very minimal action. We got the Dora Milaje, which was dope, you know, Florence, she fine. Um, She was doing her thing. So I need to see well, not specifically the Dora Milaje, but a little bit more action going on which is probably what's going to happen to be honest. And um, that's, that's really it. Two episodes left. So see how that plays out. Two episodes left. Yeah. I would like to see more Dora, but that's, you know, selfish, I suppose. Um, I do want them to, (laughs) to get Zemo. Um, I know, you know, lots of people are rooting for Zemo and it's like, Oh, release the Zemo cut of him dancing or whatever. But Lest we forget, Zemo is a villain who killed Chaka and, you know, did other heinous crimes. So I would like to see the Doras come back. I think they are working on a Wakanda-based series. So maybe that's why we're seeing a little bit more of them and having them integrated in. Yeah, they got, they, I would like to see. Dora Hive. 
<laughs> Dora Hive, indeed. I would like to see Isaiah again because I think it's really weird for them to to introduce him and then just completely go away from him, save for a couple of references to him. Right. I would like to see whatever is going to happen with Sam and his sister in their home. Like at least, you know, a tie up, they save the boat, they get a boat, the the, the people are fine. I don't want to see Carly get killed, but I feel like that's probably inevitable in this instance. Yeah. She got to go. Does she? Yeah. She fucked up. She killed your boy, bro. Nah, I put that more on John Walker than I do on her. But wow. Why? What? He wasn't. He wasn't. He precipitated this attack. It was his fault. No, bro. No. Yes, it was his Battle fault. Battlestar was right like there with see. him. And it was. That's because he got his boys back, but his boy is acting irrationally oh, from I jump. To point out when they breach the whatever the, the, the door or whatever, he and Battlestar come in and they go up the stairs. Why does Lamar. Just continue to go up the stairs by himself and hit a corner while John is still at the, you know, second area of the stairs. That seems weird. I think we were talking about this because you would never soldier. No, but you would never go in by yourself in any, you know, you don't go inside of a door by yourself or into any other room by yourself. That wouldn't happen. He just literally just walked upstairs by himself with his little gun, knowing he ain't a super soldier. Knowing that he's going up against super soldiers, hit the corner, got molly whopped, knocked out, and then strung up. It's like, yo, bro, that that he should have just he should have just stayed um, <laughs> zip tied. He would have stayed alive. He would have stayed alive. What if he would have like cut the zip tie and like fell somewhere or something? The way that they were shooting that scene, I was like, is there something going to explode? Yeah, because like, saw something dripping, right. and I was like, is this gas? Like, what I'm is like, happening? They about to blow him up, but. I don't know. I guess that was water because it was a dilapidated building or something. Yeah, I guess that was what that is. Lamar did it to himself. He didn't do it to himself. It was his boy who got him killed. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to uh, say about the episode or talk about uh, in terms of the series? Not really. It's, you know, (laughs) I'm still trying to grasp what this series is truly about. Of course, there's the power element, which I think is the overall theme. Like power does all this stuff to people or whatever. But outside of that, it's just, you know, it's been a ride, I should say. It hasn't been the best ride, but it's been a ride. So It hasn't been the smoothest ride, but it's a ride. Yeah. That brings us to the end of another episode of We Be Watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you have questions, comments, theories, since Raja is out of the theory business, but we are open to discussing your theories. Um, if you send them to us, you can hit us on Instagram and Twitter at we be watching pod, or you can send them via email at we be watching pod at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, we'll catch you next week for episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, plus all of the things that we are watching in between time. Catch up on Invincible. And uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, I am Brittany Danielle. And I'm Raja. And we be watching. Enjoy yourselves. Yay, yay!